Our next guest is an award-winning sports journalist who is from small-town Nebraska, eventually making her way to covering the New Orleans Saints for the Pulitzer Prize-winning newsroom, NOLA News. Please enjoy our conversation with Amy Jess. Amy, thank you so much for uh, coming on our show today. When uh, you DM'd me, I was so pleasantly surprised. And just what a small world it is that you're from Nebraska. So just appreciate you taking time out of your day to um, spend an evening with us. Yeah, yeah. And then my mom still lives in Lincoln. And that's the, the interview that you guys did. Um, that's her favorite channel. And she always watches um, that newscast if she's not working or awesome. out with friends. Well, I guess it's COVID, so she's not really doing that right mm -hmm. now. But yeah, nope. Uh, proud alumna of Wicked Southeast. Yeah. And you, you've you <laughs> been following Drew Brees now for a while. And mm -hmm. I read your article that you just published with him and Tiger. Do you have any updates on him recently? or? Yeah. So as of this recording, um, Drew has not given a statement about the incident or anything. Drew wasn't with him, obviously. Tiger was alone in his car um, when he had his accident, but uh, Tiger was on his way to um, have a, like a photo shoot and um, give uh, Drew Brees and uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, quarterback um, Justin Herbert um, some golf tips, lessons, uh, since Tiger can't play right now because he had just had surgery uh, on something else recently. So that's what he was on his way to do. So uh, horrible stuff yeah. just hearing that. Glad he's okay. Um, man, those injuries, it's going to take a while yeah. for him to to recover from those and not just forget about golf for a second. Just just recover from those as a human being. Yeah, for so sure. glad he's okay, um, but long way to go for sure. Yeah, and you said that you grew up in Nebraska, but I can see in your background your little Kansas. I know. Um, your Kansas flag. So to get your journalism degree there, what kind of prompted you to go to Kansas instead of Nebraska? And what did Kansas kind of provide for you that you didn't think that Nebraska didn't? Obviously, you don't have to go to college in the state that you live in, but just hearing your side of the story. Yeah, so... I felt that Nebraska really didn't want me. Mm. Um, like, I didn't feel like, you know, like they were recruiting to me. They, I feel like the University of Nebraska just treats in-state students like, oh, yeah, you're going to come here. And I didn't feel wanted. I know that sounds really dumb, but, like, I just, I didn't feel wanted there and I was kind of disappointing. So, you know, I had multiple options. I applied there obviously um, and got in, but yeah, I, I kept my options open. I didn't really want to go there uh, because of that. And my mom went there and I wanted to be different. But um, <laughs> yeah, when I toured Kansas, I felt very much at home I loved it there, and I got a really nice scholarship, too, that brought down my tuition to about what in-state would be, so it was a no-brainer for me at that point, um, but yeah, no, uh, all of the 
people kind of forget that I'm from Nebraska. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're from Kansas. I'm like, well, no, I'm not. But I went there, and uh, I loved my time at Kansas. Um, you know, it was a journalism major all four years um, and graduated with my Bachelor of Science in journalism. And I had really cool opportunities to cover the Chiefs and Kansas basketball and Kansas football, uh, though to a lesser extent, because, you know, they're not great. So that wasn't as fun. But it was a learning experience for sure. Um, And I wouldn't have done it any other way. It it paid off for me. And it was nice to be three hours away from home so I could still go back. Um, if I needed to on a short trip, but far enough away where if my mom was going to drop by, like she would let me know ahead of time instead of just pop by. So. Right. I'm in that same situation. I'm about three hours away from home. But Kansas's campus is beautiful. My mm-hmm. sister thought about going there. And so we all kind of took a family trip there to like Worlds of Fun and then to a Royals game, which is really pretty down there. Yeah, they have definitely one of the top journalism programs mm-hmm. for sure. And now you've covered different teams and have held different positions across the country. What have you gained from that? And what advice do you have for young journalists trying to get that experience? Yeah, so I've, <laughs> I've been all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I, while I was in college, uh, in between my freshman, no, in between my sophomore and junior year, I, in, um, I did a study abroad program um, in Scotland and focused on uh, international journalism, so nothing sports related at all. Like it was all pretty much Princess Diana and the differences between, you know, the American rights and, you know, First Amendment compared to what uh, the UK has, and they don't have the any version of the First Amendment over there. Um, and, the, and in between my junior and senior year, I interned um, at the Washington Post in their sports department. And then after I graduated, I accepted a job covering the University of Montana's football team uh, for the local paper there. And that experience has helped me out in so many ways. Um, Because like at the University of Nebraska, when you're covering events, um, there are people who work for all of the TV stations and the student paper and the, the student startups and um, the, you know, the journal star and the Omaha world Herald. And, you know, you have like the 24 seven writers and all of that, like that didn't exist up there. Like it was me, TV stations, student newspaper. That was about it. Mm-hmm. So you had to ask the questions you had, like you, it was all on you, um, to, um, come up with the stories that you were writing every day. Like you couldn't mail it in and be like, I'm not sure what I'm going to write about today. Like we'll see what coach talks about at the press conference. Like you ask the questions. So it, it, it's on you to be on your stuff every day. And it was hard. It was challenging and, and in a, in a good way. Um, Cause it forces you to be creative and, read a lot of other people's stuff but also it's a learning environment too so when you're at a small paper you work a lot closely you work really closely with everybody around you and a lot of them have a lot of experience and they're more than happy to help you um, grow and 
yeah, I paid my dues. I covered FCS football um, for a year and a half, and then high schools too. Um, and my advice is, like, don't be afraid to take those jobs that are off the beaten path. Um, they will be more rewarding than you ever think they will be, and you will draw on those experiences from your first job forever. And I know I have. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 26, so I'm not that, you know, old yet, but that experience helped me in more ways than I thought it would because it prepared me for any possible job that I could have because I refined my skills there that we learned in college, built some new ones that I didn't have, and I wouldn't do it any other way. You know, I, I have some friends who their first job was, you know, at a big paper covering like a big beat. And I worry um, sometimes that if you do that, um, you know, you won't get to refine your skills as much um, because, you know, at that small paper, you, you don't have a safety net. Like you have to be self-reliant. And I think that's really important. Yeah, and with all of those experience that experiences that you talked about, did you have kind of that moment where you knew this is why I went into sports, this is why I do what I do? Yeah, so this is really deep. Um, during my first spring, so I'd been there for about eight, nine months, um, I was covering preps and it was the best basketball team in our coverage area. So I covered about 45 high schools in a huge coverage area because Montana is massive. Um, and one of the best basketball schools is on a Native American reservation. And it's just straight north of the town that I lived in. And their rival, air quotes, uh, high school is also um, a, a town on the reservation. And that the, the starting point guard for their rival school um, committed suicide right before state basketball was about to start. And the really good basketball team dedicated their run in the state tournament to suicide uh, awareness and prevention. And listening to those high school boys tell their stories about why this matters to them so much, um, that really hit um, a power, like it was a really powerful story um, where you've got, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids talking about how they've never known a life without, you know, knowing somebody who has died by suicide. And it was really powerful in that, like, you know, I cried, like, during doing some of those interviews um, because what they had to say was really important. And it shone a new light on um, what's happening on Native American reservations up there. Um, and that story did well page view wise, 
but it also led to several grants being donated to schools on the Indian reservations um, in hopes to combat this. Um, and that was when I it reaffirmed for me that this is this is what I'm you know meant to be doing. Seeing something so beneficial happen for a community because of a story you wrote, like that feeling never gets old. I hated that I had to write that story in the first place, but it meant so much to me to see that these communities are getting the resources that they need. Um, it, it's just really powerful. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. that, that is deep. <laughs> um, to get, yeah, for sure. And uh, thoughts and prayers to that family. Um, to get to where you are, what has been some of the biggest struggles you have faced in journalism and in your career? Yeah, moving so far away from home was hard. Because um, I moved to a state where I didn't know anybody. I'd never even been to Montana before. <laughs> like, I'd never been there. I didn't know anybody there. Um, so that, that was really hard. But it was worth it. Like, so this, this job is going to take you to some very different places. And um, that was hard. That was, it was hard, I'm not going to lie. And then I bet on myself again when I took a job in Louisiana covering LSU, um, moving across the country again. I knew people down here. Um, I'd been here before, but it's still, you know, you're betting on yourself and making a huge change. Um, is worth it. You know, I'm still down here uh, covering the Saints now, but, but yeah, you, you get put out of your comfort zone a little bit, um, but you have to embrace it. And I think, yeah, moving halfway across the country to a state where I had never been and I didn't know anyone was probably one of the tougher things I've had to do. Definitely. And do you prefer to just cover the Saints or instead of like the whole entire NFL or yeah. multiple teams? Yeah, I, so I covered colleges for a really long time, well, really long time being, you know, whatever, because I covered um, everything under the sun at Kansas when I was a student. Um, and then at Montana, like I covered like the, the, the college football team but I also wrote about our preps and I covered some of the other University of Montana sports that weren't basketball. And now that I just cover football, I kind of miss covering basketball, especially since I went to Kansas and basketball is everything there. Right. <laughs> um, but I also like that I don't have to constantly juggle things and that I can just focus on one thing. Um, but I do miss writing about basketball. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's weird that, you know, I'm, I haven't written about basketball in a long time. Um, and I still miss it, but you know, there, it's okay with me. Uh, I'm fine not covering 40 games in a season. I can, I can cover, you know, 20 ish. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, since you've been covered that for them, for so long, um, what keeps you excited or motivated 
especially during the COVID time, how hard was that? Um, just trying to write for, you know, nothing going on. Yeah. Um, so when COVID shut down uh, Louisiana, we the NFL was just like was um, in the off season, but there was still a lot to write about. Um, free agency, the Saints, you know, signing players, and then the draft happened like um, like a, a little over a month later. So we still had that to write about, um, but. I also wrote about a lot of other things, right? So our LSU football writer moved over to news in the interim to help uh, cover COVID. Uh, Same with our LSU um, baseball writer. So when something LSU sports happened, um, I backfilled and wrote about that. Um, We had a lot of the road races get canceled down here. So I did a lot of stories about that, that and how that um, affected like the local community. Um, I wrote about a lot of different things, and that just goes back to what I did in Montana. You have to do a lot of things at your first job too, um, so that was really helpful. Where I didn't feel like I missed a beat when I had to cover a lot of different things. I created our newspaper's coronavirus graphics and monitored them from. March until August, and then I handed them over um, to our other digital reporters um, when football season started. So you have to be, um, you have to have a lot of different tools in your toolbox. And but covering a football season during a pandemic was really hard mm-hmm. because. With the NFL, you can go into the locker room and you can talk to the practice squad players or the third string guys. Um, with Zoom, you don't get that. Um, you mostly get the starters or you know players that have had something happen with them in the news. And that's just not how I operate as the reporter. Like obviously, I talk to the stars, but I also make sure to check in with you know the guys who don't play every game or the guys who just do special teams, or the guys that, you know, aren't as, you know, air quotes, important, you know, like you may not know their names, even though they're NFL players. And those guys, they're really important to me. Mm -hmm. And that's how I prefer to do my job. So not talking to them pretty much all season was not uh, beneficial, but you know, looking on the silver, you know, the silver linings, you know, we made it through the season. Um, no NFL games were canceled. A lot of, several of them were rescheduled, but, you know, every game was ultimately played and, um, you know, we'll, yeah, it's yeah. hopefully things change. Um, I don't know how much they will for 2021, but, yeah, it was hard not talking to some of those guys all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to make do, but, you know, challenges, you have to get through challenges and find new ways to do your job, even when in a normal time you would do them differently. Right. So as a journalist, you're obviously always consuming news, but what's your favorite place to get the news or to receive oh, news? Man. It, that depends on what type of news. 
like, so I subscribe to the New York Times, the Washington Post, just because I work there. Um, and then I subscribe to The Athletic and ESPN and my newspaper. Um, I feel like I've got some other ones, too. Um, the Missoulian. Um, I subscribe to the LA Times every once in a while, um, like on their promos. Um, I can't subscribe to everything under the sun, mm-hmm. otherwise I would be super broke. So, <laughs> right. yeah. Um, and then, I, oh, oh, I subscribe to Kansas City Star, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, those are quality, quality um, content. But, yeah, um, I try to vary it up. Yeah, try to vary it up a little bit. And I have to ask you about um, you with AWSM. I'm a big fan of their organization, and you do the digital work, correct, for them? Mm -hmm. Digital and social. Yeah, yeah. and they're one of the main drivers for women in sports media. And so Mm -hmm. how important is it to for you to join their organization and continue to advocate for the women in sports media? Yeah, it's an organization that's super important to my heart. So I don't, like, it's all volunteer. Like, we don't get paid. Um, it's, we just give our time um, to do that. So one of the main things that I do is I update our job board. Um, all of us are, you know, behind that. Like, I'm not the only one in digital and social. Um, but, you know, it, it takes an army uh, to, to make sure that opportunities are out there um, or that women in our organization are aware of the opportunities that are out there. And yeah, it's, oh, the organization is just so important to me because making sure that women in this industry get, um, are on equal footing uh, with the men in this industry, like that's an uphill battle and it has been since women first began to work in this industry and there's still a long way to go, but you know, that's, that's the goal is just make sure that, you know, opportunities are there. And when women are given those opportunities that they're treated fairly, um, and yeah, it's a, it's a hard, um, thing to love because you hear about a lot of crappy stuff, but you need to advocate for yourself and advocate for other women. And I just, I think it's really important. Right. And especially with the world that we live in, technology and the sports industry, it's very competitive. And is it hard for you to not compare yourself? And how do you handle that? Yeah, I mean, you do mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, that's always going to be there. Um, but you just have to trust in yourself. But comparing doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Um, if you like something that someone is doing, okay, cool. Like, see what, talk to them about it. You know, see what ways that maybe you can take a little bit um, of their idea and modify it. And, you know, obviously, you know, tell them, like, you credit them with them having the idea first. But, you know, this, we all adopt things from each other. We all use, you know, other ideas and adapt them and 
um, that's okay. Like reading other people is really important. Watching other people is really important. Listening to other people is really important. Um, because there may, there may be things that you miss and Mm -hmm. the only way to get better is to buy, is to listen, read, um, watch, um, people's stuff that you admire. Um, and to, they say, okay, like, how did they do this? And, you know, pick it apart like that. that. I still do that. I still have a list of people that I read just about everything that they do. And I'm like, okay, this is really cool. I like the way that they phrase this, or I like the way that they referred to this, or, oh, I hadn't thought about it this way. And you have to, you have to make sure that you're, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, always consuming information. Um, but it ha- it has to be different. It can't be the same thing all the time. Cause if you want to grow, um, you have to adapt and learning from other people is a good way to do that. Right. That's a great way to think about it. Yeah, for sure. And so our final question we have for you is who has been the biggest female role model in your life so far? Oh, man. Uh, in journalism or in life in general? Whatever, both. Whatever. Oh, man, we ask all our guests so that, yeah. <laughs> it's broad, but it makes you think. Yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Um, hmm. Well, in life, it's probably my mom. Um you know, she never, you know, shied away from wanting me to do this. She was always super supportive. Um, she wasn't a huge fan that I went to Kansas because she went to Nebraska and back in her day, they hated each other. Um, but I was like, look, mom, like I didn't go to Oklahoma. Like it it could be worse. (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, no, she's always been super supportive of me. Um, whether that was playing a ton of sports or going into this, um, you know, when I wanted to go on a college visit of campus for of campus's campus for my birthday she was all for it so um probably her in journalism though um Andrea Kramer um mm-hmm. and I watched her um for a long time so. yeah for sure that's awesome well thank you so much Amy for taking time we really appreciate hearing all your advice and wisdom as we continue our path so thank you so much for coming on Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you all so much for listening to that conversation with Amy. Thank you for being on the podcast this week. I want to give a quick shout out to my Aunt Laurel, who has just recently gotten her 200th win for the CWC Lady Renegades. And good luck to them as they hopefully get their bid to the state tournament. And good luck to them at the state tournament as well. Make sure to like, follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook at Small Town Girls with no I. You can find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, anywhere really that you can listen to a podcast. Um, make sure to check out Sports as a Job as well. And we will see you in two weeks for our next episode. I'm Megan Cook. And I'm Haley Ryerson. This has been Small Town Girls. <laughs>